In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Public PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. Well, talking about a subject that is near and dear to our hearts, we have both been employees, we've been employers, but there is no such thing as a perfect job. Yes, on either end. And we are going to talk some real talk today from both the employee perspective and the employer perspective. And we're doing this for y'all folks. This is sometimes a touchy subject and I don't feel like we talk about this enough. So we're going to give you some tips and tricks if you are an employee, um, things you should be thinking about and how to pick a good job, understanding that it is not going to be your perfect job ever. Even a seemingly perfect job is not going to be perfect at some point. And we're also going to talk from an employer standpoint, what you should and shouldn't be thinking about in terms of when you're needing to hire. And also a couple of things from the employee perspective on what employers are thinking when you ask us stuff. (laughs) Yes. So, and we've now seen this at Public Sanity where we've hired a lot But we've also seen this now, probably 25 or 30 of the people in our mentorship group have hired. So we've been able to go through this with a lot of different people and seen a lot of different patterns. And that's one of the things that's a real challenge with employees as you're starting to hire. And Public Sandy's in a hiring process right now. If anybody out there is looking for an awesome position, we'll talk about that and why Public Sanity is not a perfect position, but it might be a perfect position for the right person. And so once you can start to see the patterns and see it happen on a larger scale, it starts to become easier. And we've now had that experience and been able to do that. And a couple of things that we wanted to start by talking about is really an employee-employer position. It's about a match. It's about having a position that meets your critical needs. And there's two things that has to happen before you actually have that match. One, you have to know what the heck that you want. And this is a super big challenge for its self-awareness is really important for both the business owner and for the employee. Because if you don't know what you really value, you can't ask about it. You can't make sure that that's going to be a presence at that job. And same thing for the employer. If you're not really clear on what it is you want that person doing, and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to hire this person, and I want them to provide patient care, but then also do blog posts and Instagram posts, and sometimes do admin and sweep. It's not going to be a good fit because you haven't defined for yourself what that role is. And of course, you can't hire somebody who's perfect for that role when you don't know what the role is. And I would even say that if you're struggling right now, either from an employer perspective or an employee perspective, it really, I would be willing to bet our whole pelvic sanity on the fact that it's probably some version can be traced back to somebody in that party didn't really understand what they really wanted and needed 
They thought something was going to be a certain way and it's not that way. And then there's resentment that builds up. And depending on what type of relationship you have, that either gets worked out real quick if you have a good communicator and you're pretty direct, or it doesn't. And it leads to a ton of passive aggression and just not a fun place to be because then there's all this undercurrent of bullshit going on, mostly because y'all aren't happy with something that you chose or something that it turned out to be. Yep, you guys, so you got to know what you want and then you have to be able to communicate it clearly and honestly. And that's the other piece that can sometimes be difficult. And we are, whenever we talk to people about how to interview, it's always about being just more blunt than you want to be and being more honest and straightforward and transparent and asking the questions. If you have a concern, ask it. If you are know something that's going to be a negative about the job, like we tell people, here are all the negatives of working at Pelvic Sanity. Like, I want you to know that before you come in. And what's one negative of working here? Like we're hard to work for. We have high standards. Okay. So like when we hire a front desk position, I literally will tell them like, it's going to feel nitpicky when you're starting off. Like we have a very specific way that we're going to do things. We've done it that way for six years. We have improved it. And I'm, your comments are welcome. I want to make that an ongoing thing and make it better every time. But like it's, if you want a boss who's going to just like not care about how good of a job you're doing, this is not the place for you. And same thing with you, Nicole. I mean, if, if this is not a place where if you don't value mentorship, if that's not something that you're excited about, then you're going to hate working here because we talk about mentorship a lot. We do a lot of things and we just want to be upfront about that. And everybody says, oh, yeah, that's something I want. But is it really? And is it really when the rubber hits the road? So a couple of things to think about as an employee when we're talking about self-awareness. Here are a bunch of different things that a job can provide. And you have to sort through what of these are most important to you. So you've got pay, you've got management, you've got the environment. Is it a great and fun place to work? Is it pretty? Are there windows? All of those things. The patient care. Are you seeing the right patient population or patient population you enjoy? Do you get to work with people for a full hour? What's the documentation like? What's the EMR system? Is there opportunities for growth? Is there regular mentorship? Are there medical benefits? Is there a 401k? Are there pet insurance? I don't know. All of those different things can be aspects of a job. And it's really up to you as the employee to decide for yourself, which of those matter? Would I be willing to sacrifice a dollar an hour to work in a place that, you know, has an hour long patient session or has like a nice place that I actually like coming in with windows and nice decor? Like those are the trade-offs that you have to make because no job is going to be a 10 out of 10 on every single one of those things. Yeah. And a little action item here would be to make a list of all of the things that a job can provide and go back, listen to that, and then rank them in order of importance to you. If, for instance, you have a bottom line number that you need to be able to put food on your table and provide for your family, then that is important to you and you might need to taken that into account more so than someone else who maybe it's a second income for somebody in a family. But then make sure then that you stay true to those rankings. And so if you don't have pay as a top thing, then don't be quibbling about a dollar an hour here and there to get the absolute maximum if all of the other things that are important to you are 10. Like just because, right? That is really, it's an important thing to remember. Like to prioritize stuff, but then stick to that priority and actually act on 
what is most important to you. That self-awareness, I think, is so important with that because all of those other things are going to impact your day-to-day happiness, your growth as a physical therapist, the way that you feel about the field and profession. I mean, we all know that everyone is feeling at these PT mills, for example, really burned out. And you're seeing 60 patients a week. You're only getting to work with people for 20 minutes. All of that stuff is going to contribute to you feeling a certain way about physical therapy and about your profession. And if it's really important to you, now that place might pay more because they're seeing three patients an hour. Like they should pay more. They should pay a lot more. They don't always, which is a whole nother story. But when you're really understanding and true to that, and you can actually evaluate your current position and say, what is my current position doing really well on these things? And, you know, do I like the people that I actually work for? Do I communicate well with them? Is the environment good? Do I like this patient population? Ask yourself those questions. And some of those things are easier to change than others. So if you don't really like your, the patient population that's coming in the door, that's probably not going to change a whole lot. Like that it pretty much is what it is, unless the clinic is doing a total about face. Is the amount of time you get with patient care going to really change? Probably not. But there are things that can change. Can the environment change? Could you end up working with somebody you really like working with? Can your boss get better at communicating? Can you get better at meeting them halfway? There's a lot of things on that list, and some of them are mutable, and some of them are immutable. And if one of those things is something that can't change and drives you crazy, then it may not be a good long-term fit. Totally. And then the other thing to think about that is that if you are evaluating a current position on those options, and you're then going to go to your employer and ask for some change or something else, we'll talk about that from the employer perspective, I do want you to take into consideration a little bit of how long you've been there and what was your original, what was your original agreement. One of the things that frustrated me the most, which ended up causing me to finally leave and start pelvic sanity was that something that we definitely agreed on, which I documented and kept track of things that we agreed on were not followed through. And I gave them the opportunity by trying to communicate, right? Using one of those things like this is important. I do like being here for the most part on these things, but here's where a big part of it is really frying my chain. It's like, I have to go back and give them the opportunity to change it and say, hey, this is what we agreed upon. This isn't happening. Here's a potential solution I see for this. And can we work together? They say yes. And then in our my case, of course, none of that happened for multiple months in a row. And so, but but I gave them the opportunity to change. And I'd worked there for a long time when I was making these requests. Yeah, and that's a great point to bring up there too, Nicole. Like some of your Your employer is responsible for providing what they basically commit to you to providing. But your work environment is going to a lot of times be based a little bit on you and what you make of it as well. And so, you know, that's something where you have influence more than you might think on, you know, some of these factors. How fun something is. Are you going to, are you going to rally up your coworkers for a happy hour? That kind of stuff, right? The employer, we don't want to do that. You don't want to hang out with us all the time right? We're your freaking boss. So that's the kind of stuff where it's like, oh, this place isn't very fun. It's like, well, are you actually making it fun? Are you coming up with ideas that can make the work environment fun and that you can build camaraderie with your employees, with your, excuse me, your uh, 
coworkers. Flip it around, right? Is it really our responsibility to make sure that you become good friends with the people you work with? Not really. And so this is going to be one of those things where, you know, you as an employee are going to have to take some responsibility for the situation that you're in. And I liked what you said, Nicole, as well, about having a little bit of, of time or loyalty or built up trust before making an ask, especially if it's an ask that's changing something that you've already agreed upon. And so this is where, you know, if somebody goes to like one of our mentees and asks to change something as an employee in the first couple of months, hey, I really want more money. Hey, I want to change the amount of time. I want to come in later. Can I do, oh, can we switch this whole thing up? I don't want to have an EMR. Will you put a clinic closer to me? Like we've heard all of these things, by the way, there's a lot of requests out there, but you have to show that you are loyal and consistent and committed to the place that you're working and build that equity in the place before you can really have the standing to make some of those requests. Just like, because here would be the comparison, if you were working at Pelvic Sanity for two months and we came back to you and said, you know what, we actually think we're probably overpaying you. I'd like to reduce your salary by $10,000 a year. Y'all would think that was bullshit. Right? But then all of a sudden you want to come to us and say, hey, I'd really like a raise. Well, cool. Like that's exactly <laughs> the same thing, right? When we talk about that there. So those are the things that, you know, you just want to be thinking about as an employee. And I think Jesse, you pointed out a good thing, right? It's about trust. And so that really does go both ways. And it takes time to build that two-way trust. Like, and we're going to talk a little bit about like from an employer perspective, but just so that you know, you guys, if you're an employee, your employer and the smaller the company, the bigger deal it is. But like, it's a big, big, big investment. You are the biggest investment that your employer has. You're the biggest expense that your employer has. You are the biggest decision that they've had to make. And your performance and ability to do the job is the single biggest thing that's going to impact the growth and the success of the business. So it's a big freaking deal for us when we put that trust in somebody. And to be quite frank, it's really based off of what? A few hours of getting to know somebody. And so it can feel really, as from an employer perspective, it can feel really jarring and you can immediately get really defensive if we just agreed upon something. And then now all of a sudden you are coming back with these requests that you don't think are big deals, but they can be because you can't see some of the decisions behind the scenes that would need to take place in order to meet some of those demands. Yes. So that is what to be thinking about on the employee side, knowing yourself, being self-aware, communicating that well with your boss and going through and really deciding what are the most important things to you in a job? What of these are going well and what are not? Now, if you are an employer or thinking about hiring, first of all, our big thing would be here, get help. This is the time when you really do, you don't know what you don't know when you're hiring. If that's business coaching, if that's an employment attorney, whatever that is, that's a really important time in the business and a time where you can make a lot of mistakes and a lot of mistakes that have like long-term ramifications. So this is a big thing that you want to be thinking about. But I would say the one biggest thing when you are hiring is you need to realize that you cannot be all things to all people. You cannot provide a 10 out of 10 on all of those things. We can strive to provide 
things that are the most important to us and our ethos, but no place is ever going to be the absolute perfect place to work. And when you try to make it that, you end up either overextending, overpromising, having to pull back, getting yourself into a lot of hot water because you're not confident in who you are and who you are not. Yeah. And one of the biggest things, right, we just talked about it from the employee standpoint, right? If something changes, a lot of times we're at fault for that because we, like Jesse said, we overpromise, we overdeliver because we really want to snatch that person up. And then all of a sudden we look at, back at our numbers or whatever and we're like, oh shit, that was not good. Things like, you know, time off. And like, we didn't, we want to be the person that has unlimited paid time off. But realistically, unless you're a freaking Fortune 500 company or a tech company, that's really hard to do. And so, the, of course, in theory, we would want everybody to have unlimited time off, right? You get a day, you get a day. That's all great. But like at the end of the day, that's a really hard thing to do. So if you if you say you're going to do that without actually understanding your business, a lot of times then you're going to have to go back to your employee and do the thing that we just said is super fucking annoying, which is, oh, by the way, just kidding. We can't do that can't thing do that, that we promised. And this is where making sure that you're ready to hire is so important, making sure that you know that you can fill somebody's schedule and how long that's going to take. There are formulas to know when you are ready to hire, knowing that your profitability is where it needs to be when you hire, because that's another really big thing that you're going to find out very quickly. And the it, decision to hire is not just... I'm super busy. Right. And so if you're not prepared for all of that, if you haven't thought through where your profitability is, you might find out that you're actually losing money on having an employee in the business, and which happens. I mean, that is a big thing. So the biggest thing, you are not all things to all people. So decide what the things are that really matter to you. Decide what your pitch is to an employee and be confident in what you offer. And the right person, I promise you, the right person will value that. And the wrong person won't. And you don't want that person in your business, which is fine. It's not that they're a bad person. It's just they might have different needs or different values than what you do. And you want to make sure that those things match. So, for example, at Pelvic Sanity, here are some things that we believe. If you wanted to hear the Pelvic Sanity pitch... We believe in paying significantly above market value, so ninety dollars to $100,000 a year for a new grad, somebody new in pelvic health. Like That's where we start, and it's significantly more than what you could be making at an ortho mill or someplace else. We believe in the environment here, that we have a great place to work, that we have every room is big, has windows, has a high-low table, has all of the tools that you need. We believe in amazing patient care, that every single physical therapist who comes to work for us is going to be in the top 1% or 2% of physical therapists in the world. We believe in mentorship, that that's something that's super important, that we are going to be working on your skills, that you're going to be continuing to grow as a physical therapist. We believe in one-hour treatment sessions, so you're never going to be crammed into a 30-minute or a 45-minute session. You might have two-hour sessions. We believe in, what else, Nicole? What are our other things? Uh, we believe that an insurance company shouldn't be dictating our plan of care. And so, and we believe that our doctorate level expertise deserves the respect in the medical community. And so we have, we, that means that we need to be leaders in our field and in our community around pelvic health. And we believe in not having you do a bunch of bullshit documentation that's solely for insurance companies. So we believe that your documentation should take two to three minutes per daily note 
at a maximum. That's it. You're not going to be spending hours after work, either paid or unpaid, doing documentation. That's what we do. We do not offer medical benefits. We basically will tell you, hey, we're paying you an above average rate. Like you can go out and actually get those on the exchange. Like we are not a big company. We do not get a price break. There's no benefit in going out and getting those as pelvic sanity. We literally can get the exact same plan that you can get on the exchange. And a lot of our employees have coverage through their spouse, may still have coverage through their parents, may not really even care because they're young and healthy and don't have an issue. Now, if somebody comes in with a ton of medical problems and history and really needs that for somebody in their family, we might not be the right place for that. And that's fine, but we're not going to change who we are and what we believe about how we run our business based on that one person's issue. And so those are the things. If you really value hierarchy and all of which some people really do, the um, like that hospital system that Everything is like, I don't know, I can't even articulate it because that sounds so awful to me, but you were in it, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a story, actually. There was somebody I used to work with at the other place that I was at before I opened Pelvic Sanity. And I would say we're still very structured at Pelvic Sanity because we've been very deliberate about that because I do believe that that's important. But the other place where we were working was not very structured. And this person needed to know what was expected of her. And, and that was never really communicated well. And it drove her freaking crazy. And, but she ended up working for a hospital in our area and she freaking loves it. She loves the grand round. She loves getting her schedule blocked off for some bullshit meeting. Like, and all of the, you know, rigmarole that goes on with that kind of stuff. She loves the, oh, you know, I'm going to talk to this doctor and yes, I'm going to get paid for that and all of that stuff. That was great. She has a dog. They had pet insurance. Like she thought she had died and gone to heaven with all of that structure. The fact that you have to give your time off request within a year and it can get denied didn't bother her. She was just like, oh, I'll just plan out my stuff. No big deal. That would drive me freaking crazy, right? So it's a good example of somebody that that actually did thrive in that much more hierarchical sort of area. And that might be you if you're listening to this, which is great. That's fine. But it, like we said before at the beginning of this podcast, it's all about a match and understanding what really works for you. And at Pelvic Sanity, one of the things, I mean, we talked about, you know, being honest with some of the negatives. Like we are going to expect you to learn and grow as a physical therapist and be in the top 1% of pelvic PTs in the country. Yeah, like that's our expectation. When people come to see the name of Pelvic Sanity on the door, that's what they're expecting and that's what we deliver. And if you happen here to get a rush of patients that are canceling their plan of care, you bet your ass I'm going to be on you about it. Like, yep. cause that's not the kind of care that we want. There's something that I can work with you on to get that person better buy-in so that they're coming to therapy. We cannot help people unless they're coming in. So yeah, we have high expectations on that kind of stuff. So and there's a lot of pressure that comes with working at a cash practice, for example, especially if you've been used to working in an insurance-based practice where someone's paying a $20 copay to come see you, you know, pelvic sanity, our follow-up visits are $185 an hour. And you have to provide that level of value when someone's coming in. We have people who come from out of town who fly in to get treated here. And often, I mean, that's like four times a month, at least in the month of May, we had four different out-of-town people come through, right? For some people, the right person at pelvic sanity, this is where it's the right person for the right fit. The right person gets energized by that. The right person says, cool, I accept that pressure. I want to perform. I love the fact that I've got this really complex person in front of me who's been to four other pelvic PTs, 
who's out here for two weeks and we need to get as much done as we humanly can while they're here. Right. There's other people who that would be a lot of pressure and that would be anxiety producing. That would be not something that they would enjoy. Like that's we want to be honest with you guys about that because we don't want to hire somebody, have them come out for their first out of town person and then be like, oh, yeah, this is really hard. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's the name of the game. Right. That's what being upfront about that stuff from the beginning is all about. So that for an employer, think about what are the things that you're offering. Get really confident that the right person is going to resonate with your position and the wrong person is not and be okay with that because we are not trying to conform ourselves to fit the wrong person in the business. That's how that goes. One of the other things is that we at Public Standing talk about another negative. Like we don't guarantee your hours on day one. We have you grow your schedule and that usually takes four to six weeks. The right person is willing to do that and put in the work and is confident in their own skills and the fact that their schedule is going to grow and they're going to keep the evaluations on their schedule. The wrong person for us is the person who walks in and says, I need full-time guaranteed on day one, regardless of how I perform. That's fine. There's a hospital program that will do that. That's great. But that means that you are not the right fit here at Pelvic Sanity. So that's the big picture there. A couple of other just real quick hitters. Each of these could probably be their own podcast. But do not pay anybody as an independent contractor in your business, please. It's very definitely not legal. It doesn't really help you at all. It provides the wrong kind of environment. There's there's so much stuff out there about that. Just do not do that, please. Trust me. If you need follow-up on that, maybe we'll do another podcast or reach out to us. But that's really big. Do not pay people a percentage of what they bring in. That's not fair to you as the business owner, and it's not fair to them as the employee. That's one of the very few things that everybody should be pissed off about. So if you're doing that, we've got some thoughts on how to make that a little bit more streamlined and regular for you. We already talked about not adding specific things for one specific employee. So if somebody came and said, I really need medical insurance through my employer, we would tell them that's great, but this is not going to be the position for you with that or letting people choose their own schedules. Like we want to be as flexible as we can be within what we can do, but at the end of the day, it has to work for the business. So those are some of the things that we see on the employer side. Um, And these are all things that are challenging and it's hard to have the confidence when it's just you and it's your first hire or your second hire to really be confident in who you are as a business owner, who you are as a business and trust that the right person is going to fit that. But it's something that you have to be able to do if you're going to hire successfully. Yes. So we hope that that has been helpful, both from an employee and an employer perspective. I'm sure your wheels are turning and we've said some things in here that you either agree with, don't agree with, don't understand. We would love for you to write us, email Nicole at PelvicSanity.com or DM at Nicole Cuisine DPT. This conversation going for quite a while, and I think it's really important, and I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it in such an honest way. So if you have questions for us, let us know. If you have a resume for us and are interested, if you weren't turned off by that list of things that Pelvic Sanity doesn't do and doesn't provide... Feel free to reach out to us with that as well. But as always, we want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise. Rise.